Ahoy and welcome to the Mojo Podcast, part of Mike's Open Journal. Here we're going to be talking about mental health and that includes all things illness, wellness, stigma and support and most importantly some of your very own personal stories. We're going to be covering projects, campaigns, starting conversations and mentioning some of those tools that have supported your well-being. I want to say thanks for being part of the podcast, whether that's as a guest, as a listener, hopefully as a subscriber. I'm Mike, and while I'm being mindfully mindless, hopefully myself and my amazing guests will be able to show you that you're not alone out there. Thank you for being part of the Mojo Podcast. These are real people, they do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves, I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, Mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, And then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Mojo Podcast and to episode 184. I hope you're doing well. I hope things are going good for you. We are continuing to have good weather down in the south coast of the UK and I hope it's fine wherever you are as well. We're going through such a strange time at the moment. It's, uh, yeah, I just don't know. I just about got used to lockdown and now things are starting to change and we're seeing people gradually move out and uh, go about some of their business I guess I don't know but today I'm delighted to be joined by a returning guest Tom York is back with us after well uh, what I thought was maybe about two years apparently it's four (laughs) so my judgment of time is pretty poor Um, but it was great to have Tom back on the podcast and to have a little bit of a catch up and hear kind of what's been going on for the last few sort of weeks months uh, or so with Tom and also to hear about some awesome campaigns and projects that Tom is involved with at the moment as well so it's uh, some really interesting conversations we're going to have over the next 40 to 60 ish minutes um, if you are interested in some of the stuff that Tom mentions we're going to include some links in the show notes and I really would encourage you I'm really really interested in the stuff that we talk about with the rooftop positive news stories that we kind of get into a little bit that Tom is involved with. Do go and check those guys out. It's really interesting to see the stuff that's coming up. Um, and yeah, as I said at the beginning, I think we're in a very confusing time. We're all very aware of the the negative uh, and difficult stuff that is happening. And at times, I think it's really important to reflect on, on maybe taking a break from some of that negative stuff and the rooftop really focuses in on those positive stories it's a really great resource to look at and hear some of the awesome stuff that is going on around the world 
Thank you so much for again joining in with us in this episode, for downloading, subscribing and all of the rest of that podcast stuff. If you are interested in coming on to the podcast yourself for the first time, the second time or the third, uh, please do get in contact over at mikesopenjournal.com. You can find all of the links to social media and email and stuff like that there. There's also a Become a Guest page as well. So you can find out some of the information uh, that you might kind of want to know or have questions about prior to coming onto the podcast but it was great to sit down with Tom and have a catch up and uh, a huge thank you to him for for coming back and sharing his thoughts and experiences and and some of what's been going on for him recently Uh, I hope I hope you enjoy this episode and I uh, once again look forward to talking to you again very very soon I think next week we're gonna have a, a mega cast episode um that should be coming very very soon so i'm looking forward to sharing that with you as well uh but yeah enjoy the episode and i'll talk to you soon life isn't always easy at the moment we can feel frustrated miss loved ones or get anxious but there are simple things we can all do to look after our mental well-being at this time every mind matters will get you started with personalized tips and advice from the nhs whether it's dealing with stress techniques to help you relax, or simple tips for better sleep. We'll help you find what's right for you. Search Every Mind Matters today. So welcome back to the podcast. It's been, well, we didn't actually work out how long it's been. It's been a long time. How have you been? It has been a long time. Hello, Mike. Yes, um, I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me back on the show. Um, I think it actually has been about four years since we spoke, which (laughs) seems to have flown by. Um, And yeah, really happy to be back. Really happy. It's just disappeared in time. I think the the recent events mean we're so focused in on what's happening now, but it it has been a long time since we, we sat down and spoke. And it'd be interesting to kind of hear about how some of that that time has has gone for you um in a little bit but kind of first up just how have you been recently how's the last sort of week or so been for you at the moment yeah well um as you say it's been a really strange time recently and I think I've listened to some of your recent episodes um when you had Vicky on I think recently from Better Sleep oh yeah uh, I think just yeah, at the moment, the, the toughest thing about being, um, you know, quarantined or locked down, whatever the, the mm. words that, you know, we, we use to refer to this unusual time, it's very strange. And I find for me, I, I have to kind of tip the balance between keeping myself busy and occupied and doing productive things, but also really taking time to listen to myself and how I'm feeling and if I'm starting to feel more anxious because it's you know it's a time of increased anxiety I think for most people 
Um, so, and you know, for anyone that's susceptible to anxiety, which which I am, as well as you know, depression, and I have bipolar disorder type two, which I spoke about when we first mm. spoke uh, four years ago. Um, so, all of those those things really sort of in this time, you're confronted by them not necessarily in that you're experiencing them all at such an amplified level but i found that in this time it's just a case of possibly in a good way but having that space and that time to just check in with myself on a regular basis and having that space to think you know i'm i'm working because i work from home um Anyway, that's my job. I'm a freelancer um, working in communications. So I'm, I always work from home predominantly unless I'm out at meetings or events doing different things. Um, but it's it's really useful just to take some time out. Like, you know, today, for example, I've had quite a difficult day in terms of um just my not necessarily my mood but my anxiety levels have been quite high and mm. i decided after lunch like okay i don't have any urgent meetings i don't have any urgent deadlines to meet i'm just going to take some time out for myself and just not do anything mm. like for me like where i'm you know i'm normally very busy productive like to be doing lots of things but when I can actually say to myself, just take some time and don't feel obliged to do anything, then it's it's bliss and it can be heavenly. And I just kind of laid on my bed, um, had a book there, read a few pages of the book, closed my eyes for a little bit and found, you know, I can feel it even when I'm speaking now. It's like that kind of sigh of like, oh yeah, now I'm kind of, that's just what I needed to kind of re-centre myself. So yeah, in answer to your question, um, it's, I'm, I'm doing all right, I'm doing all right. But yeah, today, I mean, anxiety today I got because at the moment for this lockdown period, I have found myself um, unwillingly living with my parents so it's just me my mum and my dad in their um house in epsom in surrey um originally i came over here because i i tend to most of the time live in italy now um and i came over to dog sit for them in february while they were going on a, a two-week holiday so they they bought a new puppy last year Mm. and uh, decided to have a holiday and it was the first time that they were leaving their darling little puppy who's <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. Um, I'm not jealous at all that he's like stealing my attention. He's <laughs> <laughs> like the little sibling that I never realised I would ever have. Um, so yeah, I came over to look after him for a couple of weeks and that was on the 8th of February and I was due to go back to Italy on the 3rd of March. Decided not to um, because I was due to be going elsewhere in Europe to Austria for a, a job. Um, and then that was 
cancelled. It was like the lockdown just kind of happened so quickly. Um, and I was reluctant to go back to Italy um, because they were a little bit ahead of us and the situation was looking quite serious there. So I decided to stay here, but then found myself <laughs> stuck. And here we are, like however many months later, four and a half months, and surviving at my parents' house and actually separated from my husband also because um yeah he's he's italian and and we live in italy in milan most of the time um and he decided to go back so that he could be with his mother to take care of her she's alone and he wanted to make sure that she was okay um and yeah so <laughs> we haven't seen each other for four and a half months and it's 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 pretty tough um <laughs> uh, you know, video calling is fantastic and um, makes all the difference, but it's uh, it's tough. And actually, I had a flight booked to go back originally on the 19th of May. Um, that was that was cancelled by the airline. And then I was able, fortunately, to transfer the flight to the next available one. Um, free of charge, which was really good. Um, but then today, I got an email from the airline to say that that flight has been cancelled too. So I was due to fly on the 1st of July. Um, and that's now no longer going to happen. Um, and I got that email from the airline at like midday today. And as soon as I got it, my anxiety suddenly went through the roof. And yeah, you know, I appreciate there's lots of people in far worse situations. So I do feel um, a little bit uh, like it, maybe it's inappropriate to be complaining or, you know, like, woe is me. Like, I can't see my husband, you know, when there are people that are losing family members or suffering with COVID. But, um you know, in when you're experiencing something in that moment, it, um, yeah, it can be quite tough. So anxiety today is, yeah, taken a bit of a beating, but I'm doing OK, I'm doing OK. That's, it's, it's good that you're you're doing OK and you're able to, to kind of talk about those situations. That sounds so, so difficult. And I can't imagine what um, that would be like you've you've taken a. Like you say a two to three week trip that has now lasted four plus months. <laughs> um, it's yeah. very unexpected. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, 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 I just, I think of how intolerable I can be of living with and spending time with other people. I'd have been like, yeah, okay, two or three weeks is really pushing it for me, but okay. <laughs> to end up in that situation where it's months just would be would be quite a lot and I think um it's it's interesting you pick up on that side of feeling guilty about struggling or talking about the the struggle or the negative um thoughts around our situation um Mm. and yours in particular I think there's kind of that that side of I guess attempting to whether we can do it or not but attempting to be balanced and go yeah it's really good to recognize there are other people in similar or perceivably worse situations and that helps bring perspective to it but 
at the same time it's not denying this is a really difficult situation it's not one that we would have ever imagined happening um Mm. and to be apart from your husband for so long is gonna massively affect kind of how you feel and how you're living each day and um would would make you feel you know sad and and longing for that other person so i think Mm. there's a balance isn't there of, of like you say of um allowing it to support you and go okay yep that yep it could it could be worse so it's it's okay but at mm. the same time not denying or pushing aside the stuff that is that is going on for you and that you do feel because that's going to be really important to acknowledge and make um when you are able to to go back and to return and to hug for the first time is going to be mm. all the more meaningful <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I uh, can't wait for that moment. <laughs> it's just seems surreal, so surreal. Um, oh, sorry, my no, that's phone okay. is silent. I'm bleeping everywhere. You've just made um, me panic because I don't know. <laughs> it will almost sound as if I'm being like censored with all this beeping because I've got my notifications on my computer. Oh, uh, you'll be across. You'll be across. Yes, so I, it's it's really weird because I remember. Um, I think I want to say it was early last year, and um, I was having a conversation with someone about uh, like how we view things, and uh, they were we were talking about historical stuff and um, kind of people being judged like in the um, in the eighties and nineties based on today's standard. And we were having a discussion about it, and I said, "Oh, it's, I can I can see where you're coming from, but I think it's really important to bear in mind the time and the frame of reference because you don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know if in 20 years' time it's going to be illegal to touch another person, and so us holding hands now is would be illegal, and so you can't be judged based on tomorrow's standards. And then it's not 20 years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It really is incredible. And, you know, I was watching a movie the other night and it was um, there was a scene with a group of people in a nightclub dancing and kissing and hugging. And my first reaction was like, "Ah, that's dangerous. Like, oh, it's unusual. Like, it's amazing how quickly you you your your mind is able to, you know, take on new information and being aware of the risks and whatever because I think you know we're very and a very adaptable species and I just thought oh wow I can't believe that that was my first thought at watching this film whereas like six months ago it wouldn't you know as you said like you were talking about it like before but yeah I mean let's hope that it doesn't end up at a point where we're not allowed to hold hands um it's uh yeah it's crazy it's it's just like this is now so it's hard to think of of any other situation and i'm sure um in six months or a year's time or whenever um things will probably have pretty much gone back to how they were um but it'll be really interesting to see because i think there there's a lot of things like you say now that um we see uh, TV programs and films with um, scenes and situations that we would not have thought twice about in the past. Mm. Um, 
I do wonder where where that sort of um, if some of that would would change in the future, whether there will be more limits on um, larger scale events. But I found it really interesting seeing. Obviously, we know with producing uh, producing media and content that sometimes you are recording something and it, it takes a little while for you to put it together. I mean, it doesn't take me long because I don't bother with much editing. But, mm. <laughs> um, but, but some people don't, spend don't talk yourself down, Mike. <laughs> but you some, a great people, job. some people spend quite a lot of time on that. And I have seen, um, not so much recently, but definitely sort of the end of um, end of May, start of June time, um, people sharing videos or images and having to say, no, this was taken or this was recorded prior to lockdown, and that's why it's in the situation. And there is almost that level of um, judgment. Um, yeah. When, from my point of view, there's a there has been a lack of uh, clarity for what people can or should be doing. That can be really difficult then, because you've got that um, lack of clarity, but also a recognition of judgment about what you're doing and how you're doing it. And that can become really difficult when you're producing stuff. I know you've kind of mentioned you're doing a lot of things from home, so maybe it's not overlapped as much with some of your projects. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, uh, sorry, I'm just closing my window because I can hear my dog outside barking away. Um, (laughs) carry on. Um, yeah, um, I guess because I do several different things in, in my work. One of them is working for a client um, which is called World Skills Europe, and they um, are the organisers of an event that happens in a different country, in a different city in Europe every two years. And it's basically where you get a thousand young people who are skilled professionals in up to 45 different skills and trades so like everything from plumbing um, electrical installations hairdressing uh, landscape gardening cabinet making you think all of these um, you know skilled professions and you get all these young people that come together and it's in a it's an event called euro skills and it's where young people they they come and they compete in all of their different skills in front of a live audience, if if you like. So it's almost like a trade show education event with, okay. you know, you get thousands of people in a huge convention center. Now, <laughs> that for the moment just cannot happen. And we, we the, the event, the next event was supposed to happen in um, September this year. And I was due to go to Austria, where the event's taking place um, in March, uh, no, April, sorry, for um, a series of preparation meetings about the event. And it was all just coinciding and things happening very quickly with, with lockdown being put into place. And suddenly not being able to travel and, you know, lots of questions being asked like, can the event still happen or you know what what will it look like you know the idea of having a convention center packed full of you know young people parents teachers education professionals it just sounds completely unthinkable um 
given everything that's happened mm. uh, recently. So there were some real, you know, moments where we had to look at different options available. And at the moment, it's the event has been postponed until uh, January next year. Um, but there are a whole series of measures and contingencies in place as to how that event will look. So that's that's one thing I've been doing. Um, but then also, as you say, like um, working from home and producing content. So like when when the lockdown began, um, you know, like most other people, I'm sure you soon start to realise how much you miss going out and doing things and as much as it can sometimes be quite nice to be at home and think, oh, I, I'll do those little jobs that I haven't done, like sorting out the, you know, drawer full of tat that I've just been <laughs> collecting for, you know, years that I don't even know what's in there anymore. You know, all of those kind of <laughs> things that you just never do. And actually in this lockdown, I've not really done either. Um, but it's like, <laughs> you realize just, it's not the time you were lacking it's just the desire <laughs> yeah the will to do it and you know unfortunately the will still hasn't arrived um, but yeah going back to what you were saying about seeing content that people are putting out like and this was before lockdown and um, yeah almost that kind of well, I forget the right term, but like you know how you have a parental advisory. This yeah. content contains yeah. material. It's not, so, yeah. It's almost you feel that that. And I remember very early on in the lockdown, posting a photo of me with a group of friends, and we were um, down in West Sussex somewhere, um, okay. doing like a country walk. Um, and yeah, it was a beautiful day, and I took a selfie of all of us together. And then I posted it on Facebook, I think it was two weeks later. And although the lockdown hadn't started, um, in Italy, it had already, you know, gone into full lockdown. Mm. And a friend of mine from Italy commented saying, what on earth are you doing outside? You should be at home. You shouldn't be with people. And I felt like... Okay, firstly, <laughs> I had to, you know, spell it out to yeah. this person to say, this photo was from two weeks ago. And actually, no, we're not in lockdown yet. But actually, I'm already taking precautions. It felt like a real it's accusation. A lot to yeah. Like, yeah, and it's just, it is a lot to explain. And, you know, I think we need to be kind to each other um, in these times. And, you know, there have obviously been lots of negative stories about people um, breaking or bending lockdown rules, not mm. mentioning any names of political advisors, <laughs> strategists. You know. um, that's a whole other kettle of fish that I think it probably needs a different show to talk about <laughs> um and <laughs> but but yeah i mean i've i've tried to busy myself as much as possible and i've seen i think with this experience it's i've said to my husband and to other friends that i've been talking to regularly um mainly through video calling um that I really think this experience is bringing out the best in people and the worst in people. So you really get to see 
the kind of the polar opposites of how amazingly wonderful human beings can be and then also on the negative side which i try not to focus on too much um how you know it can really bring out the worst in people as well and um i part of my coping strategy throughout all of this is through my job as well actually because i work for a social enterprise um and we're a communications consultancy um, and through being a social enterprise we aim to provide affordable communication support for um, smaller charities not-for-profit organizations other social enterprises and campaigners basically anyone that is delivering a public or social benefit mm. so i'm very fortunate in that i get to work with clients that are really passionate about what they do and it's all about doing things to you know lift other people up and really help people that that need it um and as part of our work we a couple of years ago we started a a, a website of our own um which is a news website called the rooftop um and really we we created that because because really of the negative <clears throat> mainstream media environment you know i i struggle quite a lot of the time you know and i work in communications but we are surrounded and inundated by negative news stories all the time every day on whether it's television radio online social media wherever you're sort of consuming news negative stories right up there at the top always and sensationalist headlines um and you know you do get positive stories out there but it's almost kind of whenever you see it on the news it's like a bolt-on story like and finally something good happened and it's a real you know afterthought so because we work with lots of organizations that are doing great things we we feel that like you know there needs to be a a way to share this you know positivity that really is out there so we created this website called the rooftop um and it's all about focusing on positive news stories mainly that the the mainstream media either don't have time or don't want to report um so as i said yeah we we cover stories about issues that matter and people that are running campaigns that really make a difference so anything from you know mental health awareness campaigns to you know work in education and apprenticeships all kinds of um different stories um homelessness you know <laughs> what not not that i'm laughing but i mean i say the word homelessness and you don't think oh that's a positive thing to write about <laughs> you know so some a lot of the stories that we have are about amazing work that charities are doing in you know really difficult environments to to operate in and you know working on really challenging problems that they're trying to solve so 
that's why we started the rooftop um and my involvement with that i'm a i'm a writer so i write stories for the website um and we've got a small editorial team there's five of us and we you know we have a limited remit so we only publish one story a day but we our aim with that is to say here's your daily dose of positive news so if you're going out there and all you're seeing is negative headlines come to the rooftop and just read a negative uh, read some negative read a positive <laughs> story to counterbalance that and actually for me with writing the stories and sharing the stories and reading you know what our other writers are, are covering it really is like a breath of fresh air and like oh yes there's still good things happening there's still passionate people out there and especially in this moment in time it's a real lift for me um and actually where we have found ourselves all kind of confined to our homes um i came up with the idea of launching a web tv channel um and i think it was about 10 weeks ago because we we decided to do a weekly episode of uh featuring the rooftop stories so we basically cover um our pick of the best stories that we've covered over the past week um and we do like a little positive news news broadcast about it and we we put the show out on youtube and on facebook and instagram tv and it's just a very short digest 10 minute episode and we're you know we say that we're unashamedly upbeat and we're kind of really trying to deliver a without trying to sound pretentious and, and whatever but like a public service of mm. you know putting positivity out there you know in amongst everything else um so we've we've just been filming episodes so it's it's me i host the show and um i have one of our other writers with us and we've been mixing up so we have different correspondent each week um and we just talk about different positive stories and we've had guests on the show to talk about um initiatives that they've launched different things that they're doing um and it's really just a great I find it's like medicine for me. It's so, it really energizes me. And, you know, we, we film the episodes via <clears throat> using video conferencing. So either Zoom or Google Meets, we've, we've tried doing both formats. Um, and yeah, we film on a Wednesday and we publish the episodes every Friday lunchtime. So it's just one episode a week. And I find, I don't know about you, Mike, but like in this period, I kind of have peaks and troughs, like depending on how the week is going and like my mood kind of going up and down. And I find the beginning of each week is always really tough for me. Like a Monday and Tuesday, I find it really difficult to kind of get myself going. But when it comes to Wednesday, when I know I'm doing filming for the rooftop, I'm like charged and ready to go and feel really positive. And I just, yeah, love the process of putting a little show together um, and yeah, putting it out there. And it seems to be doing really well. You know, we're getting like 
10,000 views per episode. Um, and we've had some great guests on, like we had a few weeks ago, the editor of the Big Issue magazine, um, oh. Paul McNamee. And he's, he's a brilliant guy and the Big Issue, you know, they do a fantastic job. And we invited them on because with the current situation, they've they had to take a real difficult decision to um, stop their vendors, you know, on the streets selling the magazine. Now, these are vulnerable people that are, you know, either homeless or in vulnerable housing situations um, that, you know, sell the big issue as associate vendors as their income. And all of a sudden, they're income and revenue streams so for the magazine and for these 1500 people that sell the big issue up and down the UK are without anything and yeah the big issue basically within weeks completely reinvented their business model created a, a new app a new website um, a new subscription based model and they went into um, retail for the first time so now it's they're selling the magazine on the shelves in supermarkets um so yeah we invited the editor on to talk about it and it was just yeah pretty it was a real moment of like okay let's get some perspective mm -hmm. here you know and that's why i said when i feel guilty about complaining about my situation because suddenly realize wow yes there's homeless people that not only are homeless and in desperate situations, but the one thing that they're trying to do to get income to survive, now that has been taken away from them. So it was just, yeah, hugely inspiring to talk to somebody that is so passionate and dedicated to turning things around. And um, yeah, and then last week I was interviewing um, a chap in Hawaii, <laughs> Um, 16 year old high school student who has created um, an app to a smartphone app to help tackle plastic pollution um, and the app it's called clean my beach and it's uh, a, a play an app that people can use either organizations or individuals to host um, or participate in beach cleanups operations like all over the world. Mm. And um, that was hugely inspiring as well because he's just at high school studying various different uh, subjects. He's in Hawaii, which is home to one of the most polluted uh, beaches in the world. It's called Camilo Beach and um, it's actually dubbed Plastic Beach. <laughs> um it's the pollution is so bad there and he was just at school and thought i'm sick of this they, you know and aside from the whole kind of you know awareness raising about plastic waste it was also for him trying to support the people that want to do something about it so um yeah to help people better organize beach cleanup events because you know there are lots of beach cleanup events that certainly I hear of. I don't know if you do, but um, he was just really inspiring, you know, 16 year old kid. And he just, you know, he's studying coding as one of his majors in school. And 
he just thought i'm going to build an app in my spare time and do something positive um so yeah it really just gives me a boost really keeps me going if i'm honest at the moment <laughs> it's, it's really interesting you have mentioned just just two stories there mm. and i think how much more regardless of whether they're positive or negative how much more interesting <laughs> those two stories sound than probably 80 percent of what i've read in the last couple of weeks mm. um and i it it really is telling as you mentioned at the beginning that um often kind of negativity does sell does draw that initial bit of attention does seem to kind of garner more engagement mm. um and th there's I, well you've identified that there's a place for um we're, we're focusing on on the positive side we we're under no illusion there is negative stuff but that is well covered by other people of course. um and i think that that is a, a really interesting outlook to have because actually um looking back over like you say in this kind of lockdown brain that i seem to have formed everything that's in the last few months is just the only thing that i can focus on uh and it's like there are a couple of really really standout positive stories um but there's just a couple um yeah and it's yeah. those are the ones that have been I don't want to say tokenistic, but they're almost tokenistic in that sense of oh, we've we've done our nine negative stories. We now have to do the one positive one, mm. um, and and they sort of stand out for that reason. And actually, um, anything that is um, maybe perceived as negative, but is important for us to know, we will know. We mm. will be told by someone why yeah. everybody well, needs need to concentrate. Hammered home every news bulletin and repeated and repeated. That's mm. the that's the thing I struggle with. Yeah, well, I think when we when we started off in um, kind of going into and being in lockdown, I think the first two weeks, I was on like every news bulletin. I was checking it. I was watching, um, and it felt like there were relevant bits of information definitely didn't need to watch as much as i was but there was relevant mm. things that were coming up and um points that were useful uh to, to know and to be aware of but gradually after that while i was still kind of watching and taking this in through news briefings and social media i was like actually not much is happening now mm. um i don't need to be absorbing all of this information um and it is just it starts to kind of wear you down and that's yeah. just that is just focused in on covid that's not any of the any of the other negative stories that have happened over the last sort of three or four months mm. um and having that balance i think is is really important and actually like yeah. you say drawing on that um kind of focus of it's really important for us just to step back and maybe have a some consideration over that the, the type of media that we tie into um i know for myself i think i've i try really hard now to any of the um not all mainstream papers but you know the mm. ones um, yeah <laughs> I, i'll try really hard tabloidy, yes uh, or like, yeah don't mention the names don't provide any direct links or images that are anything to do with mm -hmm. that mm. but that's a really conscious effort but that i would say is um, the fact that it yeah. is a conscious effort yeah it, it, 
off is tiring because you yeah. think, okay, I have to avoid that, but it's so important, so important. Yeah, and it's only because they are, personally, um, it's only because I feel that they are so bad that I'm making that effort to avoid them altogether. Whereas I would say other still kind of mainstream area, um, not just newspapers, but media, will mm. often have very similar stories. Okay, they won't be quite as bad, um, but they have similar type of stories. And like we've already mentioned, they have that often a negative focus under the mm-hmm. guise of kind of making us more aware or informed about certain things. And yeah. um, I, I've spoken to someone else recently. It's going to annoy me that I can't think where they were from, um, but they talked about um, slow news. Mm. Um, and they said we um, their focus wasn't necessarily positive or negative but they said we are um, uh, we are did they say we I think researchers was part of what they did and they said we want to tell the full story we're not interested in something that is popular Um, Mm. if there's a story to be told and it takes time to tell it we're going to do that so every um, thing that they produce they said at a minimum, it will have taken a month. Um, wow. And it was really interesting to sort of see that side of um, these are stories we really believe you need to be aware of or you need to hear about. Um, mm. And so we are going to do the appropriate um, yeah. kind of research and, and stuff into that mm. and deep dive and that, into those. Sign. Yeah, that's a sign of really good journalism i'd be mm. interested to know who that was and yeah what kind of thing i was just like that 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 is like a thing shows how much we don't do that it's all like what's the news today how can we write that up for tomorrow mm. um and how does it follow on from the trend <laughs> of this negative story yeah oh, let's feed the fire you know yeah. it's too easy it's too easy um and it's it's interesting because the rooftop we set it up just as a project that we thought would be helpful and you know in this time because we do all of our our web stats and everything since the lockdown began content views on our website have increased by 184 (laughs) percent so people (laughs) out there are looking for good news Mm. Mm. which yeah, it, is, it gives me a bit of hope, actually, that I'm not the yeah. only one or that we are not the only ones thinking, oh, this negativity. Mm. Um, it has to, something has to change. It really, oh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm very much um, an optimist, um, <laughs> whether it's apparent or not. But, um, <laughs> um, you know, I have mental health issues, but um, I think having optimism and hope is always very helpful in um, being able to live with a, a condition. But um, I am hopeful that things will change and people are becoming much more, you know, aware of the media and even, you know, living here with my parents, I make a real point of saying to them with their talking about news oh have you heard the latest about this or you know boris has said that or this i i make a point of saying when it's too much for me i i say i i'm not taking any more news today i've yeah. i've had it I've, yeah. you know and I, and I think okay when it gets to the evening like i hate the fact that they do this 
bulletin update on COVID-19 at 5 p.m. or 7 p.m. because for me, it's the worst possible time because then it sits with you for the rest of the evening worrying about what the new measures are or what what, what rules are changing or what's happening. Um, because if I don't shut off from news from even earlier, like 3 p.m., it mm. will fester and it, I will start to worry about things. And often it's it's needlessly you know worrying because they'll have a briefing and sometimes it'll just be repeating of things that have already been said and or it just adds more uncertainty sometimes so yeah i was gonna say like we've mentioned kind of the um obviously the rooftop stuff putting together those positive stories but also our current situation and the news briefings and things like that and a lot of um being kept being kept updated constant kind of flow of information i guess Mm. um do you feel like that your kind of desire to focus in on the positive stuff has been influenced by your experience by mental health and you're a bit more maybe um kind of proactive or aware of the effect it has on you because of that experience i would say so yes and actually that's a really good question because Although I, yeah, maybe a thought of the connection, it's it's probably been more subconscious on my part, but I think it does kind of, it has been a huge influence. And actually because, and I found even through doing the work that I do, so not just about the rooftop, but working with the type of clients that I do, it's generally people that, it's not the corporate world, you know, and I've mm. been in the corporate world where it's all about, you know, how much money can we make on selling this, doing this, you know, it's, you know, it's the way of the world, it's capitalism, whatever, you know, take it or leave it. I took it and then left it <laughs> <laughs> because it's, uh, it kills you. And, you know, I, I, I burned out several times and decided that I wanted to work in a in an environment that was more conducive to you know better mental health and um yeah so working with these type of clients and the colleagues that i work with you know everyone has a very similar um mindset and we're all very mindful of each other's um sensitivities <clears throat> around different things um you know one of our team members is uh, a professional coach too like a business coach and a life okay. coach um and he's you know ev everyone's very understanding and and supportive and you know everybody knows about my mental health issues because i talk about it openly and freely and you know, I, I feel that very supported in that I can be honest. And if I'm having a moment like I did today, I guess, although I didn't need to say anything to anyone, but like if I'm having a moment of increased anxiety that could potentially impact on my ability to do a particular task, mm. I have no hesitation whatsoever that I could pick up the phone to any of those guys. And in fact, I have in the past and said, I'm struggling. I can't do this right now. I'm really sorry. Can you help me? And always it 
you know, there's ways to work around everything and it, it can feel like a real crisis in the moment, but having a support network around you of like colleagues that understand and it makes the world of difference. And then, yeah, back to your question about, you know, it influencing my sort of desire to go after this kind of positive news, I think, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I love it just for my sense of well-being. It, it really fits. Um, so, yeah. I think it, it is. Um, it's telling sometimes when people get involved in particular projects and you can hear how they uh, how they talk about the projects or the activities that they've been involved with, um, whether they're whether they're a volunteer or they're leading it. It's the kind of the the passion that they you can sort of hear and that desire that this is something i really believe in and is 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 doing something that mm. uh, i think is really beneficial yeah um and uh I, I just yeah in my head i always think oh, there's something we're not always aware of it but there's something in your in your history in your past in your makeup that means that that means something to you mm. um but yeah it's not always obvious but i just think oh that that kind of desire to do something really proactive that sounds awesome and i de definitely think your um the that increase in percentages is not a surprise as much as you go oh wow like it's 200 percent war um mm. it's, <laughs> you go actually well, yeah <laughs> um it it totally makes sense and i think i hope that it's something that kind of continues as we move forward i think we sort of mentioned at the beginning that there will be um, tools that are being used at the moment. There'll be skills that are being learned and conversations that are being had because there's maybe uh, more perceived kind of safety or security around having them with people with an element of distancing. Um, like, mm -hmm. oh, I can't come and talk to you in the cafe or the pub or whatever because, oh, it's COVID. So let's talk on mm -hmm. the phone. Oh, well, yeah. because we're talking on the phone, I feel a bit more comfortable to say this to you. Um now that's not the case for everyone, but I think there will be some people that are, are in that kind of situation. And mm. I just hope that these resources and tools are, are continue uh, to be used after we're able to to move around a bit more freely and people don't just go, oh, okay, we're, we're now done with that. And remember actually, like you say, mm. Skype, Zoom, Teams, yeah. uh, Hangouts and stuff are all really really useful tools and actually are enabling people to have conversations or use services that they just wouldn't have used before yeah um, and like you say i think I, I remember hearing one of your other recent hmm. episodes and you were talking to somebody about that they had had to adapt the services that they offer to hmm. some of their um people that they work with uh, vulnerable individuals hmm. and um you know, with this online, you know, therapy or video conferencing yeah. with the therapist. And, you know, one, I've discovered that one of my neighbours down here is a, a psychiatric um, therapist and she manages a team and they initiated a whole online service in response to all of this. And she said that it's been so well received that they think that they're going to stick with it and continue so yeah in terms of mental health i think it's a 
I, I hope that some good can come from it. I know a lot of people struggle um, in, in times like this, feeling isolated more so than usual. But um, if there's anything positive that can come from this online video and uh, that virtual face-to-face -face, um, space mm. can be can be helpful. Yeah, I think so. Um... I'm aware we're starting to, I can't, this happened already, we're starting to, to run up to our time. Um, mm. But uh, kind of before we finish, it'd be really interesting to hear, obviously we don't know exactly what the next three, six months or however long looks like, um, but mm. are there kind of things that you're um, looking or hoping to do kind of in the in the upcoming future, whether that's in regards to, to projects or or whatever else is going on? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've I've got different projects that I'm working on. So I mentioned World Skills Europe, um, mm. and with the rooftop, we are just, you know, really enjoying what we're doing. So we're going to continue that. So we're on this week is going to be episode ten, and it was my aim to try and get to ten episodes because we just experimented and thought, let's see how it goes, and. Mm. I thought if we can get to 10 episodes and call it season one, <laughs> like <laughs> in a very cheesy American uh, style. Um, but that said, we've actually got more guests that have approached us or different people that we've heard of that we have approached that we still want to continue doing it. And I think we will through to certainly the end of July at least continue with these rooftop TV episodes mm. and then perhaps take a pause have a little bit of a an intermission in August and then maybe return in the autumn but yeah I'm really enjoying it and this week I'm interviewing um, a refugee who is studying with United World Colleges she's from Tibet um, she's living in Cardiff with a foster family and uh, she's producing PPE um, masks and uh, overalls for NHS staff in her spare time as well as doing her studies. <laughs> so incredible. And she's 17 years old. All of these young kids putting us all to shame, but it's hugely inspiring. And then next week, I'm really excited because we are hoping to have Johnny Benjamin. Oh, wow. Um, joining us on the show and I've always been a huge admirer of everything that he does and his campaign work around mental health so mm. I'm hoping to speak to him about his new ish newish initiative called uh, we are beyond which is his new project so that's I can't really get to planning far beyond the next yeah, sort of week. just don't know yeah, ideally, I'd like to get back to Italy at some point. Um, <laughs> at the forefront I, of the aims. <laughs> yeah, I, I came here in February with a winter wardrobe. So <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I took to cutting sleeves off T-shirts and was walking around with these homemade wonky looking vests. Uh, but thankfully for online shopping, I was able to get a few <laughs> spring, summer <laughs> items. I'm just, I'm just imagining you now with all of these cut, cut off arms, but really, really thick t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> 
like a woolly jumper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Oh dear. Um, no, it's been really, it's been really interesting to to catch up and hear a, a little bit of of all the things that are going on. Like you say, it's been so long um, since we spoke the first time. Obviously, we haven't covered everything, and um, there's a uh, a lot of people that might be interested to find out a bit more about what's happened in the last four years. Yeah. Um, if they wanted yeah. to find out a bit more about yourself, Tom, or some of the other things that you've mentioned, um, where are the kind of the best places for them to go to to find out about those projects and yourself? Yeah, well, I mean, for me, the best go-to place and the easiest thing to remember is my Twitter. It's just at Tom York, um, and it's T O M Y O R K. Unfortunately, not uh, Tom York of Radiohead as much as I'm a huge, huge Radiohead fan and I share um, the name of possibly the greatest band leader in the world, Tom York. I'm spelt slightly differently. So, yeah, it's just T-O-M-Y-O-R-K. And there's links there to my website um, where I occasionally write some articles. I tend to feature a lot of the rooftop stuff on my own website, but people can read the rooftop um, stories. It's just the rooftop.news. Um, and yeah, as I say, there's a story there every day written either by me or four of our other editorial team. And yeah. Um, I think that's it. <laughs> cool. I, th- I think you're, like you mentioned, there, there's a few different links and stuff on your social media profiles as well to the other projects. So um, mm. that's the best place to go to. And I'll, uh, I'll make sure we get links in the um, show notes and stuff as well to, to some of the things that we've mentioned, because I think it'd be really interesting for people to, to go and check those out and have a look and um, mm. find out a little bit more about what's going on. That would be fantastic. And actually, I would love to invite you onto Rooftop TV, Mike, and perhaps we can talk a little bit more about your work on the rooftop because it's a really great thing that you're doing with the podcast. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, that'd be really interesting. It'd be really cool to to have a chat and work out what we can do. Yeah, perfect. Well, awesome. thank you so much. Really good to talk to you again. No worries. Good to talk to you too. And thank you so much for coming on and um, sharing what's been going on for you recently and giving us an insight to those projects. That's great. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you soon. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. So I told everything and her face dropped. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm-hmm. they can't appreciate Yeah, It's difficult dealing with our minds. And the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. And I don't think people realize how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, mm. it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it. 
and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. 